Hello, everybody, and welcome to Throwers. I'm joined, as always, with Chris Ronalds. How you doing, Chris? Uh, very, very well. Uh, it's uh, World's Day. I'm pumped. It's big, isn't it? What time? Uh, what time's round one kickoff? I might actually have to get up early for this. Uh, I think it goes live on YouTube 4:30 um, our time this morning. Uh, with the, some of the the feature cards teeing off close to the 5:30 a.m. Oh, 5.30 a.m. I can definitely get around that. Um, I'm normally up at 6 anyway, so. There you go. FPR, I reckon there'd be feature cards, I think, at midnight tonight. Mmm, that's cool. I like that. I might, uh, oh, yeah, we could be crazy and try to get some of that in tonight and then get a couple hours of sleep and wake up early for, uh, I don't know if I'm that keen. Give yourself a three-month-old baby and you, you <laughs> might be up at any known hour watching at any own any known hour. Very, very true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, we got a bit on the plate, so we may as well dump, jump right into it. Uh, the Central Vic Classic was on the weekend, and uh, oh, what a tournament. It was just a beautiful weekend with excellent weather and an amazing course, and um, yeah, I was very stoked. Very, very stoked to be there. Uh, yep, shattered. I couldn't make it. Love the course. How did um? How similar was it to previous versions? Obviously, the permanent layout's only nine baskets. How similar was it to last year? Uh, as close as Jackson could place the tees to where they were last year, and as close as his memory could put a basket. So- awesome, because <laughs> that, that was a fun course. Yeah, no, it's exactly the same course. You know, give or take five meters uh, for pin and basket locations. I'd I'd say. Yeah, but, beautiful. Yeah, but no, beautiful. I, I forgot exactly how good it is. It's just, yeah, really good. Long. It's long for me, though. Uh, long for a lot of the people that played. But, um, yeah, long but fun. And definitely some gettable holes and uh, wide open fairways. So, when you can't throw at 120 meters, you can just get yourself a nice easy three, which was handy. I did a, a lot, a lot, a lot of that. Um, one thing though, that I noticed before anything happened. And, um, but we, we gave some tips. We had, uh, Patty as a very, very clear favorite to win MPO. That held up pretty well. Well, Patty didn't show up. Skinny Patty showed up. Here we go. Oh, oh, mate. I, it, it, it just, it was like, I had a double take and a triple take. And then I had to ask someone, I'm like, that's not Patty, is it? Patty is looking fantastic. Look out. Yeah, this is like circa 2018 Patty when he just won his third Australian championship. Uh, he's looking incredible. Uh, and everyone needs to watch out because 1,000 rated Patty is back. I don't, I, I'm 100% sure of that. Uh, the uh, results would uh, tend to agree. Yeah, for sure. What did he average? 999 or something for the weekend. Yeah, just under 1,000. Um, yeah, stellar performance. You know, mind the gap. I probably should get a post organized. Um, mind the gap. 996 was his average, a cool 22 points above his current rating of 974. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, the crazy. Yeah. And. It started off kind of close. Like he had a he had a solid first round, but uh, the other boys did as well. So I think it was only a couple strokes in it, two three strokes in it. But then yeah, round two he birdied uh, one three four five six. I'm pretty sure, and all the other boys were about one under. And it was just like, well, there you go. That's that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> yep. But um, yeah, Paddy by a million ahead of Blake. Blake shot uh, another another hot. Final round. That's what he likes having those hot final rounds to chase some people down. So um, yeah, really, really put the separation on between him and and Aiden in the end. And um, Ryan Michelle, he was there and thereabouts, but he had a, a very forgettable final round to put him uh, put him in fourth place. Yeah, that's uh, about how it shook out. Um, and you know uh, that the top field all finished under the card, which was one thing I noticed. Obviously, you already mentioned. Um, so the MPOs, um, it was a long course. MPOs all finished under the card. Uh, not many others across the field uh, finishing very well under the card. It was uh, obviously distance was definitely a factor. 
Yeah, it was huge. There was, there was really only so much a uh, control player could do. There, there was definitely birdies you could attack, but not very many. And it just meant you can't really stuff up because there was no other birdies to be had. So, yeah, all the par fours except for one were pretty much out of everyone's reach except for the open guys and a handful of us chumps um, in the lower divisions that can can huck. But, um, yeah, that that's why you can definitely see the, the clear score separation because all those MPO guys are also big distance MPO guys. So, um, huge advantage for them. As a chump, uh, a resident chump inside MPO, I'm often, after I finish fifth or sixth or tenth or wherever I finish, I'm like, right, where would I finish in MA1 though? If I had to play MA1, where would have I finished? That's generally where my head goes first. And uh, yeah, all of the MPO boys would have comfortably won MA1. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, even Ryan Michelle, who was a million back of Paddy, was still a million ahead of Seb. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was just a different game we were playing. Uh, Phil Morgan in the MA1 was probably the only one that really had the the distance to to tackle the course, but uh, just too many bogeys for him was costly. And uh, one of the short arms, but the consistent players, Seb Williams, just getting it done. He's moved up to MA1. I think this is his first MA1 tournament and uh, just too good. Too good to the point where he averaged above, uh, sorry, below his rating um, and still took out the W. I can't imagine that's happened very many times in MA1. Yeah, well, he's several ratings points above next best. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm not not too surprised at that. But um, but yeah, see, he's not a distance guy, and it's a distance course, so uh, it also doesn't doesn't quite surprise me. But it was pretty tight. Like uh, Nate Parrish had the lead going into the final. Oh no, him and Nate had the a joint lead going into the final round. But uh, Nate hurt himself. Messed his knee up pretty bad with uh, only a couple holes left to play in round two. And I wasn't even sure he was going to make it back for round three. But uh, he did. And he just threw all four hands, uh, almost standstill. <laughs> and still managed to neck one final round. So, <laughs> pretty good. And, um, yeah, I had a chance. I, uh, if, oh, man, I, th- I threw pretty well. I was quite happy with myself. Um, as a non-distance player, I was just playing the par game and taking my, my easy birdies when I could. And everything was going really well. I threw very well all weekend. But in the middle round, I missed five butts from inside five meters. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, give me, you give me them and that's, uh, that's it. That's Alan's comfortable victory. But, um, yeah, there was three, three of them from probably within three kind of early as well um and i think they were all for bogeys well for, all for pars which cost me bogeys one of them a little left maybe one of them a little right maybe and one of them was filth like filth filth and then yeah the other two that i the real short ones that i missed they were just birdie parts but i was like well i did de- like by that stage i was like i ain't making them yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't know. That was, yeah. But other than that, I was very happy. I threw really well and yeah, gave myself the few chances that you know, I could get. Uh, and I birdied hole 18, which um, for anyone who's played it, yeah, yeah, I'm that guy. That's, that's, I'm the, I am the distance guy. <laughs> <laughs> hole 18 is huge, massive uphill. But yeah, not for me. That's, that's easy money. It's huge. <laughs> um, last podcast you sort of alluded to the other big guy stepping up into MBA one uh, buckets Farina um, that he, he he may struggle. Um, how did he how did it pan out for him on the weekend? Uh, yeah, another accurate prediction there. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, uh, last by a fair bit, um, <laughs> old Manny. But uh, yeah, I, I spoke to him. He he only went up uh, basically to play with me because uh, such a great guy. Uh, <laughs> plus he knew the others cam's actually hilarious so cam's cam's probably his main motivation but uh i guess he sort of didn't put names to faces because he's like oh i know everyone in ma2 as well 
Uh, and we got given random assignments for random groups for day one, round one anyway. And he's like, well, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, uh, which was pretty funny. But yeah, no no good for buckets. But uh, we we played our final round together, myself, uh, him, and Cam from New South Wales. And that was a fun card. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, speaking of MA2, um, you, you know, I kind of said that, that would look like a pretty fun field. I thought there was going to be a battle there between Brett and Narada, which it looked like it panned out. And I, I think, if I remember correctly, I, th- I thought I said, oh, and Thomas Jankar's in there, and uh, he's had a pretty good year. And lo and behold, he had a great event. Yeah, he did. So he's one of the, the few chumps that can throw very far, and it was just a separator. Um, he just, yeah, too much distance, made some of the holes too easy. Uh, and yeah, he, he was looking real hot, I think, with um, a couple, few holes to go, but did a couple layups to, you know, sort of take the par and laid him up real shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ended up taking the bow. But um, yeah, very good, Thomas. Great weekend. Finished in three under for the weekend, so kicked my ass. Um, and yeah, 46 rating points uh, above his rating. So um, yeah, huge event for Tom. Yeah, exactly. We'll see what he does next time when it's uh, not such a bomber course. Yes. <laughs> uh, nah, sure also, we uh, while we're on MA2, another topic of conversation on our potty has been Narada and his uh, lack thereof a rating. He uh, averaged an 8.92 event. Uh, 8.92s, uh, yeah, I think he's 8.92. That's a good slot for MA2 at the moment. That's uh, definitely the right division for him at the moment. Yeah, now nah, looking good. Him and Brett were inseparable all weekend. They were just holding hands and throwing the same shot and they end up on the same score. So very, very cute by them. <laughs> <laughs> but my man, your so your tip Tom Jenka, very well. My tip Tim Ware, <laughs> not so good. Uh, now, talking about, you you said you wasn't sure if uh, Nathan Parrish might rock up. Tell me, you, do you have the inside scoop on what's going on with Tim Ware round two? Uh, I do, but I wasn't sure I was going to go public with this one. We probably should have had the chat before we went oh, on air. Okay. Well, I never <laughs> asked. <laughs> exactly. I might, um, might talk to you off air about this one. Okay. Just in case people get in trouble. All right. Sweet. <laughs> but yeah, not the event he was looking for. Uh, old Timmy. Yeah. Uh, Anita Weber had a... a pretty good battle but came out on top in the fa2 just another win just chalk it down for her it's too easy now yeah and um yeah we love to see it we've talked about it many times uh you know but this war this division had a a lot of sway on our closest to pin in regards to our margin separating um and as much as i'm always rooting for anita to do well in the end she did so well that uh you blew me out of the water with our margin competition which hurt me yeah it was big so um for people who listened last week we had to change the tips up a bit because uh emma winkworth pulled out and um so what did you change yours to chris so without emma in i went oh that's a question without notice i went oh, yourself sorry, with Jan- you went your- <laughs> i went my yourself with janet and i went uh fergie with anita yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the the massive, massive difference between uh, their third rounds just swayed it a little too far. I yeah. end up just swapping out um, uh, Georgia in for Emma. So mine was basically the same. <laughs> wise, wise, wise by you. I But I just also thought, um, yeah, Anita and Janet would have a close battle. And for the first two rounds, I, I was like licking my chops. I was like, I was out by one stroke after round one. I was yeah. only out by two strokes after round two. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm like, oh, I've absolutely dominated this. And then uh, Anita just went whack, and uh, I was out by sixteen strokes in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I must admit, I also had a hot round. <laughs> that helped. I, I, I shot three under final round. Well done. Well done. But yeah, it might it might not have been necessary. Yeah, <laughs> and I think we had one or two others uh, submit tips, but everyone seemed to tip Emma. So. Yes. So yeah, no one wins the mini. We'll keep them. Yeah, beautiful. And <laughs> we anticipated that anyway. 
Yeah, yeah, we're definitely better than you guys at tipping <laughs> this stuff. So, <laughs> uh, my housemate in uh, Bendigo, uh, Lachlan McKenzie, started out strong in MA3 and stayed strong. Just couldn't be caught by uh, Lewis, who was the the tip. The tip, I think, uh, I went with. There you go. Yeah, so, Lewis was the local, wasn't he? Yeah. So he played well, got second in the end, but um, yeah, Lachlan was uh, was quite good, very consistent over um, over the weekend, and uh, yeah, got it done. Uh, they obviously Lachlan and Lewis, they, they was a bit of a gap after round two, so they had a few strokes to uh, play with, but in the end, uh, Chase Card in MA three kind of made their way up the leaderboard. Really, I think Mitch and Aaron were both playing on Chase Card. Um, after two rounds uh, going into Sunday, um, but they found themselves in third and fourth in the end after having a really solid last rounds. Yeah, for sure. It, you'd be very, very surprised to see a three-round MA3 tournament and then uh, have the chase card not have at least <laughs> two of them, if not third card, uh, sneak up into the final thing. But um, yeah, our mate uh, Aaron Picanti Beans, who I, I tipped and he, he told me no, uh, actually had a pretty good event. So I think he he was a bit taken aback by the distance to start off with, but by the end of the tourney, he was throwing some bombs, he reckons, and, yeah, shows it with a, a very hot final round, get himself up into third, and got his first ever disc golf prize. Boy, look out. Yeah, which um, after the round, we're talking, and he's like, oh, I might jet. Like, they're, they're going to give me anything for third? And I was like, nah. <laughs> and then he left, and then uh, we're at the presentations, and third place in MA3, I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I quickly ran up and grabbed his stuff and messaged him, and so he came back. Uh, he was pretty chuffed to grab something. So, um, yeah, no, nice, one, nice one, Aaron. <laughs> uh, and then another one of our favorites, Dave Gannon, was hot. Oh, MA4, yeah? Yeah, he was hot. So Un- uh, Untouchable. Untouchable. Clear leader after round one and two. Um, and, yeah, he fell off a little bit in... Uh, oh, no, no, basically the same. Yeah, no, he was good all weekend. So, um, yeah, great work there by Dave. No one else even looked close. So, yeah, one, my... One yeah. might say a little too consistent for MA4. Yeah, 100%. That's definitely... I better not be saying his name with an MA4 next tournament no. is all I'm thinking. No, I did my number crunching, as you know, I like to do and see who, you know, who killed it against um, their rating. And yeah, David Gannon is someone who also killed it against his rating as well. So good event. He's obviously been, you know, playing a fair bit and good to see him getting some results. Yeah, would have got into uh, that fourth battle in uh, MA3. So I think uh, I think that's a better place for you there, Dave. Uh, and then uh, Don Carter. He gets a lot of love on this pod as well, but he, he gets that love because, well, he's a thousand strokes clear of Tobias Weather, who's a pretty good junior. <laughs> yeah. But Don Carter's just very, very good. So he would have taken out MA4. He would have been in second place in MA3. I think it might be time for him to stop playing juniors as well. Yeah. He, um, where where would he have gone with that? Uh, yeah, he would have t- finished tied with Matty Faz in MA1, so... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Come on, Don. We need we need to get you up. Uh, yeah, playing with some with some people that uh, have a some more of a your skill set. I think because uh, when you see him throw and you see him putt, you're like, oh boy, this kid's good. Um, um, it'd be yeah, nice sorry. for him to take down a. Um, uh, I'd like to obviously. I'm assuming he'll be on the Australian national sign up list. Uh, um, I would like to see him take down an Australian nationals though. Yeah, no, that's true. I've got no problem with him doing that, but uh, and he definitely is playing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Even for things like this, at least I, I yeah. like to see him pop up and yeah, hang hang with some bigger crew because he's he's very good. But yeah, definitely have a crack at uh, being national uh, champion. Why exactly. not? Exactly. <laughs> Why not? Um. So. We uh, we talked a little bit about some tips for chumps last week. Yes. Uh, and I think it was 
pretty well received. Uh, this weekend, we played some mixed cards, and um, I got to play with a few other chumps. And I feel very confident in using this word because, uh, like, I feel like that I'm, I'm about as high as you can want to be if you're a chump. <laughs> like, I, I feel like I'm a chump that's just been chumping around for long enough that he's uh, getting the absolute maximum out of his chumpness, and uh, I'm now the the king of the chumps. Yes, that's that- that's that's what I'm going with. That's no, that's how I see you. Excellent. That's how I want to be seen. <laughs> I'm never going to be actually good, but um, yeah, I think I'm about as 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 good as someone who's no good can get. So um, we're going to start doing a little chump tips segment, and I got plenty of ammo over the weekend. There was there was lots lots I saw. Uh, my my fellow brethren were doing some things, but uh, we had someone message about your tip from last week about the putting so what uh what was the message and, and yeah, how so we in your it? most recent podcast you mentioned that putting should be an area of focus for an 850 rated player to reach 900s what i'd like to know is what would you recommend as practice is there a practice routine you think works well is there something in particular to focus on improving do i need to do one hour of putting do i need to do a thousand of putts etc etc uh Felberg Pickles himself is curious to know what does putting practice look like? Well, I think that's solely directed at you because uh, I don't do any putting practice. Uh, happy to, yeah, happy to give a response here. For me, um, you know, um, obviously I didn't get to make it up to Bendigo on the weekend and I got to play with Jacob here in Ruffy instead and you know he saw some dog walking off in the distance and just out of the corner of his eye he made the comment oh i'm gonna putt like that dog now and jacob is forever just like changing up his putt and uh for me putting practice is purely about learning your stroke and your stroke might be modeled on someone or a bunch of people but at the end of the day, it has to be uh, your stroke and you need to uh, work on muscle memory and just get to a point that you have a routine, pre-putt, during putt, post-putt, away you go. It's so between the ears putting. And so if you have to think about your stroke um, during, during a tournament, you're just doing yourself a disservice. You want so much of it to be automatic. So a lot of those pressures uh, can be alleviated. Um, For me, I also highly recommend uh, gamifying uh, your putting practice because you want to simulate pressure. The reality is even if it's a league day, particularly if it's something like, you know, Central Vic Classic, if it's a PDGA tournament, there's just like, it's not the same as just playing with the boys. There's going to be pressure. So you need to create that for yourself wherever you can. Um, And so for me, it's, um, I'll go do some putting practice and that just might be a hundred putts, but then I'll tell myself I'm not going inside until I make 10 from eight meters, 10 in a row from eight meters. And, you know, I've, sacrifice 45 minutes of my life like by making that rule for myself sometimes i might get it straight away and it's five seconds but sometimes i'm like i i miss the ninth putt and i start again i've got to make 10 in a row um before i go inside um and just trying to create pressure wherever i can one simple thing um that you can do on the course um and i and i did this again on the weekend actually just playing doubles was I, if I'm whoever my doubles partner is, I always ask to be the guy that puts second, because again, it's just another way that I know if I'm the, if my teammate steps up, misses their putt, that just creates straight away for me creates pressure, and there's way more pressure on that putt for me now. Um, and I again, I just want to stimulate uh, simulate that as much as I can because that's going to help me in my tournaments and at my league days. That's cool. my that's my things. Stroke, I like it. Pressure, gamify. Beautiful. All right, I guarantee that uh, 
some of my ones will not be as intelligent as uh, what you just came up with. <laughs> my chump tips. <laughs> but no, I love it. That's very good. They're very, very good things. So um, there you go. If anyone else has any, any other chumps, have anything that they uh, are particularly chumpy at and would like to be less chumpy at, then let us know. And uh, we'll sort you out. I'll plug a fake sponsor. Um, the app I use, it's Australian-based. Um, get around them. I use Disc Doctor. Um, it's an app you can download for your phone that gamifies putting practice in lots of different ways. Um, I've got a couple of people onto it. I know I've recently got Pen onto it. Pen's, uh, Pen's enjoying elements of it. So, yeah, if you haven't checked it out, check out Disc Doctor. Um, it's definitely, yeah, great for putting practice. Yeah, now that's a good one to do. Ah, so we should check out the WA Open. Just uh, check in, see how that went. Because uh, pretty big tourney. We Huge. had uh, 97 people. Huge tourney. Uh, weather looks stunning. Not not a huge amount of eagles making the trek across. Nah, not too many. Uh, I know the old man went over and uh, he started off strong. So He hot. was second place in uh, MA50 after one round, one under the card, which is the old man doesn't go under the card. So he, he was putting together a nice, nice round. He he went from being an eight fifty chump to a nine hundred chump. That was that was good, uh, but turns out there's two courses over there, and um, one of them's a, a fair bit harder and longer than the other. And day two, him and basically everyone in MA fifty just got toasted. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, he was not able to recover. So the the locals ended up taking that out in a one two, possibly three. I think. <laughs> So, uh, bad luck, old man, but still one nice hot round. Yeah, that was really cool to see when he did that. But, yeah, the locals end up storming home. Um, yeah, not too many other Melburnians of note, I don't think. But uh, the MPO was very, very interesting. Hot so, battle. Very hot battle. So, how would you see it shake out? So, at one stage, um, going, like, in, you know, three or four holes into the final round, there was maybe... Uh, three of them tied for the lead with, um, and, you know, Alex Canaston uh, making up ground. So Austin, Connor, and Blake, um, you know, when we, if we were ever throwing away our names, we definitely were not throwing around Connor's name. Um, and yeah, we, we slept on Connor and he came out to play all weekend. Um, you know, great round one, um, yeah, one off the pace after two rounds, tied for the lead. Um, and so Connor just had a huge event tied with Blake. Um, but then Austin, after he's got that monkey off his back, which we spoke about a few podcasts ago, uh, got it done with a final round, 10-20 rated, a 10-11 event. It's too um, good. Yeah, that's huge. Um, you know, he's best golf is just so good we love austin because his worst golf is just crazy bad um but yeah he's put three rounds together and yeah has got a good win against you know um you know a person coming in second shot a thousand rated golf and came in second yeah and the two young guns in in blake and alex they're two locals and they play there all the time and yeah that's their local home pro course um yeah i'm i think i'm prepared now to say that i'm not expecting any of those shit rounds from him anymore and i reckon that uh austin is now my pick for second best player in australia okay i i think it's baney and then him and then we can start talking about others but i think he's done enough now for mine uh for the year to to put him there Oh, no, no, that's, you know, you're not uh, being crazy there for sure. Um, I'd have to, you know, go into the records, you know, uh, there can't be many Australian-only events. Like, we're not talking about any international players in this. Alex coming in fourth has had a 995 event, and 995 golf was only, not didn't even get you on the podium. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, that can't, that can't have happened before in Australia. Nah, and I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah. So yeah, the big boys, the yeah MPO 
feel just played hot. Yeah, well, some of them did. Anyway. <laughs> some of them did. <laughs> yeah, some exactly. of them did. It yeah. drops off pretty aggressively, but I think that's a, a good testament to just how hard that course is over in WA. Like, I've never played it, but um, I've heard it's just it's carnage. Yeah, it looks like it. Mm. Uh, Timmy B, uh, one of the few Victorians that went over, and uh, he played pretty good. Yeah, Five. Not a 977 event. Yeah, so that's hot. <laughs> so, yeah. But that got him seven plates because uh, the other boys were, yeah, just just too good. But um, uh, someone might have known that. Some very smart individual in his uh, tipping comp might have gone with all the local young Perth kids. He <laughs> did, did do very well in that tipping comp. <laughs> yeah, that worked out well. Yeah. Uh, so... Yesterday, the uh, Jumbuck tournament became official and registrationable. <laughs> Register- registerable. I love that word. <laughs> became official and registrable. Um, but I just don't think I'm going to make it. I've, uh, it's so busy. And uh, I've got Gambia the following weekend. And my anniversary is actually while I'll be at Gambia. Um, and a mate's wedding the weekend after Gambia, so I, I think I might have an early anniversary. <laughs> uh, and I'm guessing you're not coming because the plan was to bring the family, but um, yeah, they're not really. I understand what they're doing with the accommodation, but yeah, it doesn't doesn't look like you can bring the whole family to to Jumbuck. You'd have to go somewhere else. I have to go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. There's definitely some question marks there, but it is good to see that um, you, the, the accommodation looks much more justifiable in pricing. Yeah, definitely. That's what I was thinking too. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not uh, mad at the, the 90 bucks for the whole event and accommodation set up. So, um, yeah, a bit disappointed to be missing it, to be honest. But, um, yeah, I think, I think it's just not going to work out for me. But I hope everyone else does. I hope it fills up. Very well. I was disappointed at how few people showed up to, to it last year. And the weather should be much better. So make it happen, guys. Yeah, make it happen. Make it happen. If you, and if like, yeah, obviously with so many new people on the scene uh, amongst us, the Eagles, um, you know, why not go play a new course? You will not be disappointed. Jump Buck is phenomenal. All right. So uh, you mentioned it earlier, but it's World's Day. Boy. Worlds are about to start, which means, yeah, we're probably not going to get much sleep, anyone. But, um, yeah, I think we should dive into some some tips, don't you? Yeah, 100%. So, um, for me, I, I I think, so we'll go, uh, we should do a couple of things. Eh? We'll do our, our, our favorite, who we think we're actually going to win, uh, a Smokey, and we can't, we can't be doing dollars tips if we're not putting some not lights out. So I think we need to pick someone who is a very good disc golfer that we just think has zero chance of winning. Yeah. Sound good? And might do poorly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I think uh, old mate Ricky wins it. It's been a, been a minute since he's won a Worlds, but he's done it before. He knows what he's doing. Uh, and he's having a very good year. And yeah, I just I just think this is this is it for him. He, a lot of people have some body question marks, and I reckon he's he's got his right. So I'm going Ricky. Cool. Well, this makes for a pretty awkward segment because I too am uh, backing in Ricky. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people will. Yeah, I think a lot of people will. You know, but a lot of people actually will back in Kelvin. A lot of people will back in Kelvin, um, and obviously you can never write off Paul. But I think this is Ricky's year. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. Come. Paul will still comes second somehow. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. And yeah, Calvin, he's just not winning enough for me. He'll probably come for third. So, but yeah, I reckon. I reckon Ricky gets it. Um, what about your uh, your Smokey? Your Smokey. Um, I am going to go with someone who actually got a big win in Europe. I'm actually going to go with Corey Alice. Mm. Um, obviously one of Ricky's good mates, but, um, you know, there's talk of some weather. The course is not a bomber's course uh, with some poor weather. Someone with a 
really strong standstill, and that's one of Corey's absolute assets. Um, I think, yeah, Corey's my smoky. Cool. I like that. That's a good smoky. Yeah, putting putting would be huge, and the man putts. Yep. Um, it's hard to call it a smoky, but he's just not that good at disc golf anymore. So <laughs> it is. But uh, Barsby's he's going to win it again. Oy. He's going to win again. It's the same course he won it at last time. Um, I'm pretty sure he did really well last year when they played there as well. Um, yeah, he's popping off. He's popping off. We'll start seeing him again. We'd love to see it. Mm. And uh, I reckon me for a, a no chance. Uh, Simon, no chance. He's not winning. Probably not even top 20. Yeah. It's not happening. I don't know why exactly, but uh, he won last week, which means he probably will come 50th this week. <laughs> That's how he operates. Yep. And um, yeah, it's not a bomber course. I know he's good at other stuff, but nah, he's not winning. Write him off. Don't tip him. Yeah. Uh, me, similar uh, note, Anthony Barella. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's having an excellent year. Obviously, he hasn't you know, taken down a big win or anything, but he's been... You know, top ten a lot. He's you know now uh, you know top ten rated disc golfer uh, in the event. And, you know he's he's doing really really well, and I think he's got a bright future. But again, um, he will be outside the top twenty pretty comfortably at Worlds. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah. Um, so I definitely don't know enough about the FBO to be doing a <laughs> doing uh, the uh, same three tips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly, like I, yeah, I, I I know enough, but not enough. <laughs> but who's uh who's your your best non Tatar tip? Uh, own Scoggins. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think your and my tipping might be very similar this weekend. <laughs> Sounds like it might <laughs> in, be. Our t- in our tipping comp. But uh, yeah, hundred percent. She's uh, having a sick year, and it's a putter's course, and she's a very good putter. So. I got to watch a little bit of the mixed doubles. Um, yeah. She played with Joel Freeman. And I don't know how I feel about someone who, you know, potentially gets along with Joel Freeman because Joel Freeman does come across as a bit of a flog. I'm sorry to say, Ash. Um, <laughs> but um, she and he were like, the, the footage I saw were just shredding, shredding. Um, and like in the second round, they have to play alternate doubles. And... That was the little bit of the footage I watched. And, um, yeah, over five rounds on a putter's course, Owen's going to do well. Nice. Nah, it sounds good. Yeah, I don't. Um, I did not know that about Joel Freeman, but I don't often get to watch fifth card, so I <laughs> don't see much of old Joel Freeman. Uh, He's a, so this is off topic, uh, <laughs> but it's a weird one for me. So I am fully aware... That Joel Freeman is very good at disc golf, like one of the absolute best in the world. But if you would ask me, is Joel Freeman good at disc golf? I would say no. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I never see him. He's like never on lead card or chase card or any of that. He just comes in like 12th every event and then he's the 12th best player in the world. Yeah. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. I could send you a video. There's a, there's a YouTube channel that gets around that like just, you know, piles together clips from like the pro tour. And one of the videos they put out recently was just like, um, just breaches of rules. And it was just like, you know, accidental or deliberate, whatever that's for you to infer. But here's a collection of like blatant, obvious, like foot faults or just other like misuse of rules or OB rules or whatever. And it's just a random collection in that random collection. Joel featured a little bit too heavily for my liking. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to something uh, something fun. We'll do our player rater, shall we? Yes, 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 yes. We're going to go after good friend of ours, Kale Davies. We are. Nice, I like that. What are we What are we rating him on? So obviously now we're, we're a few weeks into this segment. I was just actually having a look at the leaderboard. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We've been doing this for nearly 14 weeks. Wow. Um, so we have driving, putting, mental game, and card vibes. Nice. And uh, what about his special category, just for him? Just for him. You know, so this category, 
Um, to a bit of a hint, you think along with me, uh, Farron would do particularly well in this category. Tim mm. Bowen, Tim Bowen uh, would probably get a pretty high score in this category. Cassie Sweeten uh, would love this category to come her way. Uh, we're going to go with social media presence. Oh, I definitely, definitely had a different thought in my head when uh, when you rattled off those three names. <laughs> but yeah, that makes sense. Oh, social media presence. That's good. Looking forward to see how Cal does on that. Yep. All right, you want to kick us off with putting? Uh, all right, let's start with putting. Putting, I'm going with... Um, I was torn here for a little while and we, we've got 0.5s and we've got whole numbers. I really wanted to bring in 0.75s. But, <laughs> um, You're fucked. But I've gone with... Uh, I've gone with a four. Kale's a good putter. Yeah. I uh, completely agree. I that's a that's a four for me. Yeah, not not too much about it. He just puts well. He does. He does. Um, he doesn't have any sort of crazy step putt or jump putt or anything either. Like he's just actually a strong putter up to 12, 13, 14 meters. Um, and yeah, playing a few rounds with him at Stony, he he, he can't putts. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Uh, I'm. Uh, Sticking with the four for driving. I think Cal's a very good driver. Yeah. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so, there's more to that? No, he's, I think he's just solid. Like, he doesn't do anything super special, but um, yeah, throws far enough, I think, and um, can do it both ways. Yeah, can do it both ways. Has a lot of control. Has um, a few of the shapes. Um and yeah, he's obviously he's been around the traps. He he can throw he can throw a disc, and he's got me covered in distance. So um, he has to be at least a four. Yeah, is that what you're going with? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. That's why I said. <laughs> cool. That's why I said concur. Yeah, four. That's oh, okay, exactly no. what. That's you're like exactly at what least the four. I'm like, well, no, 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 no. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, nah, that's cool. Yeah, sounds good. All right, what do you think about uh, card vibes? Ah, uh, card vibes. Kale is uh, a legend, and to I I don't have all fours for him. I'm not going to lie, but I also had him as a four for card vibes. Yeah, same. It's coming out real fourry. Now <laughs> I we went really hard with Daz on headphones, um, and I will mention that I you know Kale owns headphones. <laughs> Kale owns headphones and. I think we've been a bit 4.5-y. Like, you know, 4 is a nice scoring card vibes, but I, I think we've given out a lot more of 4.5s than we have 4s. So I want the public to know that, it's, yes, it's nice, but it could have been nicer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, mental game. I did, uh, I have tossed and turned a little bit about this one. Um <sighs> I think I'm very interested. We could be way off on this one. I'm not sure. I think with this one, I have landed on a three. Um, And this is another one where I've just, this is just my feeling. Uh, And I know, so I played with him recently and he hasn't played a lot lately, but he just came into it like, I'll be shit. And I'm like, well, I can't be giving you good scores when you're like, oh, I'll just be shit. I feel like that's you're sabotaging yourself a little early mentally there. Um, and then, yeah, I don't know. I can't even explain the rest. It's just that's the number that came to my mind thinking back at some of the times we've played and things like that. So, um, yeah, I don't – I'm going with the I'm going with the three. No, that's fair. I ha- We're not miles off. I had 3.5. Um, you know, he doesn't play many PDJ events with his line of work. He doesn't get – weekends off he's also a double dad if not a triple dad um and so i know he doesn't play many pdj events but he's played a few league days and if you look at his league day results he either dominates or he doesn't you know he does he won't have very many top fives you know he'll have a few ones and twos and then a bunch of like everywhere else scattergun effect um and he's either in it and he's playing or he's not um and I already mentioned that he he owns headphones and anyone that owns headphones and brings them to the course, I think uh, mental game needs to not be in the fours and fives. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. I'm very good with that. Yeah. 
Nice. So that rounds up to a three point five. It does round up to a three point five. Uh, what's he? What's he looking like uh, after his four categories so far? All right. So he's up to fifteen point five. Um, what does that mean? A three point five will get him tied at the leaderboard if he's got a strong social media presence. Uh, well, I can honestly say I've never seen a single photo or post or like or anything that, uh, Kale has ever done. So I'm going to have to give him a, a zero here. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, uh, I'm actually like, this is not good for the listeners, but I'm just scrolling, uh, Facebook now. I'd like to, I'd like to scroll Instagram, but for the life of me, I can't even find an Instagram account. No, no, I don't think there's one for him. So I don't think he has an Instagram. And as I endlessly scroll, I am not for... I'm sure there's stuff on his Facebook, but nothing that he's done. All right. The latest thing he did uh, uh, was 25th of December, Christmas Day, 2021. He (laughs) updated his profile picture. Uh, Beautiful picture, Kale. But for me, you know, you're dormant on social media and all good disc golfers know that... You need to be repping on socials. I'm also giving you a zero. Yeah, it's it's like the number one thing in disc golf is uh, is social media. It really is. <laughs> no, well that sucks. Uh, he was he was on track, but what are you gonna do? That puts him. Uh, let me just bring up my leaderboard. Puts him just yep. be, just below Oof. Daz. Just below yeah. Daz, fifteen point five, and just above Pat, the retired Utri. Yeah, I'll get more on about that. Oh, just above Pat. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah just above Pat. Um, no, yeah. I'll give him that. Kale's, Kale's like Daz Light for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> yeah, Daz and Kale are definitely like equal in ability in disc golf. Yeah. Daz is definitely not the hardest done by on this leaderboard. I know. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's good. Yeah. Um. All right, very nice. Well, should we wrap it up then with some spotlight? Not like... Yes, yes, yes. Let me see if I still got them. Well, I'll go with um, my spotlight first. So probably not a single person listening will know who I'm talking about, but I'm going to go with it anyway. Um, Well, the old man listens, so he'll know. But an OG of the club, one of the founding members, and a uh, a life member now, I'm I'm pretty sure, from as of a few years ago, uh, Oliver Pauly. Uh, I saw on Facebook recently, I don't have much to do with Oliver Paul. I haven't seen him in a very long time. Um, you know, he doesn't do disc golf anymore, but he was a really nice guy. And I saw that he has beaten cancer and that was a very nice moment that I saw. So I think that's big spotlight to, uh, Oliver Paulie, OG of the club. Well done, mate. Good to see you on the, on the right track. All right. Well done. I did not see that. That's huge. Um, when you were building into that, and I don't want to um, take away from um, your story there, but I thought you were going to run with Paul Arden and the fact that he's been, um, I don't even know, mortalized into the side of the toilet block. Oh, is that him? That's him. Oh, I thought it was um, I thought it was Sam Barnett. Is it? Yeah, I think it might be. Oh, okay. I don't know. I can't remember. I... Um... Uh, or maybe he got on as well. No, nah, yeah, sorry. Don't listen to me. I don't know either. I know don't, they were... don't listen to me either, apparently. <laughs> well, they were running that competition to see whose silhouette would, like, would go on it. And I, for, if for some reason, I had Sam Bart win- Sam Bernard winning. Oh, is that what that whole silhouette thing was about? <laughs> yeah, you don't remember that? I do, because I remember like... Trying to win it. From like one meter away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so you could be on the side of a toilet. Okay, sweet. All right, there must be so many confused listeners right now. Yeah, true. Sorry, guys. Go to to Ruffy if you're confused. All right. Try to let us know who it is. My spotlight, um, I've already given out some honorable mentions, but my spotlight's going to go actually to a a young, uh, and I'm certain about this one, that he actually is young, um, Lucas Weber. Um, He come in third in uh, juniors at the Bendigo. However, he averaged over the weekend 88 points above his rating. Um, and yeah, Lucas has been around a few times. He's like, so that's just a huge jump uh, against his rating. So well done, Lucas. He gets my spotlight. Ah, oh, very nice. 
I uh, put three discs in the drink, but uh, we won't we won't mention that. All <laughs> 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 seventeen and eighteen, <laughs> Bendigo might have got him, but now nah, good to see him out there and playing well. Uh, so my not light, uh, I'm aiming uh, I'm aiming pretty high on this one, and it uh, it's it's stiff. A few of my not lights lately have been stiff, but I still think warranted. Uh, so. We talked very highly of Austin D'Alessandro, and rightfully so. But uh, his running mate, Jade Brady, who they've been tied at the hip with their scores all year, just didn't show up. 12 strokes off the pace. So, um, yeah, Jade Brady gets my dollar. He barely beat Tim. Sorry, Timmy, but... um, (laughs) But him and Austin have been killing it, and uh, he just didn't, didn't show up for mine. So, um, yeah, not like Jade Brady. I, ne- I need more from you. Okay. Um, I'm also uh, going to WA um, for my not light, and it's normally your responsibility to bring in the South Australian flavour uh, to our podcast. But I, I'm going to South Australia with my not light. Uh, via WA. So we, we're covering all of Australia. Um, my not light has to go to none other than Alex Costales. Big. Yep. Yeah. That was just not an event. So I don't know how else to put it, but um, he's come dead last uh, in MP40, a cool 36 strokes off the pace um, and averaged at an 861 event. And Oof. yeah, he is a much better golfer than that. So don't know if it was a distance factor. I don't know what it was. There could be any sorts of story to it, but with only scores <laughs> to go on, score and scores alone, Alex Castales gets my not light. Yeah, he uh, he had a few people tipping in in our little tipping comp too. So um, he he let a few people down there. So good find by you. Yeah, had to be said. Nice. All right, cool. Well, that wraps up another one. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. 24. 24. Uh, oh. Something like that. Um, yeah, huge. Look at us go. Peace out. <laughs>